as your hosts, we must inform you that we have just received word. Finally. time for the finishing move our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog adam gillespie the bearded wrestling fan chris colwell and big john radcliffe the finishing move on atlanta's sports x oh i couldn't have said it better myself Dwayne. finally the finishing move has returned to the sports x myself Road Dog Adam Gillespie, my tag team partners, we're all in attendance. This is such a big night. John Radcliffe and the bearded one himself, Chris Colwell. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Hello. Colwell is a man of many words, <laughs> yes. obviously. Oh, boy, he doesn't understand how radio works. He He's forgotten. forgotten how this goes. Obviously, there's a little bit of uh, radio rust on Chris, so we might, we might have to carry this team for a little while. Adam? I can speak. All right. Uh, guys, how's it been going over the last? I hope everybody and everyone's family is safe. I'll report from my family. We're doing well, although uh, I think my uh, my, te- my child's teacher lied when she said she was a pleasure to have in class. Uh, other than that, how about you, John? How's your family? Uh, I am willing to trade my kid for a draft pick on either SmackDown, <laughs> NXT, or Raw, and, a, and I'll even give you the next number one pick on my team later to be named. Cause, uh, but everything's going well at my house. My kid, uh, I would love to say, is a pleasure to be around, but it has definitely been some trying times for him as cabin fever is starting to set in. But but I will announce that my son is now a wrestling fan. That's awesome. He is now, That's a positive. Hey! He's now gotten into it. Uh, he is a New Day fan. He is a fan of the New Day. Uh, he has this thing for pancakes. I'm not arguing this with him. He's into it right now. And I have had tons of fun as the WWE has been showing old matches, making bets with him for his chores, knowing that I know the outcome and he doesn't. That's dirty. So he really believed that uh, Ric Flair was going to win in his final match against Shawn Michaels. And he had to take out the trash that uh, Coel, you know, you don't have any children as of yet, but you have one on the way. And in this time off, we found out the uh, gender um, most recently. You know, go ahead and tell the world, I believe uh, it came out blue, right? It did come out blue. We did the whole hockey puck thing, which that was a little bit of a surprise for the uh, for my wife to bust that out to surprise me. She surprised me all the way around. I didn't know the gender going in. I also didn't know what exactly she had planned for me. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's going to be boy. And uh, I'll tell you what, it'll probably be a little easier to get a wrestling fan out of a boy. So I'm kind of excited about that. Plus all that Georgia G gear that we can go at, man. I'm ex- I may not have the kid yet, but the thought of, you know, going, being in that situation that you guys have had to deal with the last few you know, month or so kind of got me stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't let it get to you. It's uh, there is a lot more fun. I would say than stress and it is definitely sure. worthwhile. I'm sure John would agree with me on that. And while we're talking about having kids, uh, John and I, and yours on the way, let's send out a, Congratulations Congratulations. to our teammate here on the Sports X, uh, Brian Murphy. Him and his wife, they had their little girl, Blake, yes, uh, today or yesterday. Today. uh, Today, uh, sometime within the last 24 hours uh, up there in uh, coming. So, congratulations to them. And uh, reportedly, everybody is doing well. So, congratulations to their family on their new addition. Uh, 
So it's been, what, two months since we've gotten together and done this show? And a lot has happened, or at least close to two months. The The biggest, obviously, was WrestleMania uh, happened since we've, uh, since we've been together. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes in the world of wrestling, some that we've had to kind of, uh, kind of you know, understand that times are different right now and kind of sit through. And I'm talking about a WrestleMania with no fans, a Rawls and SmackDowns and Dynamites with no fans. Uh, it's it's different. It's a different time, but it's what you got to do during these times, I guess, right now. If you still want to put out a product, and I applaud the WWE and AEW for putting out a product still because it has been on Monday nights and Wednesday nights and I'll throw NXT in there as well. It's been a, a few hours of those nights, Fridays, where you've been able to kind of escape for a little bit the uh, negative stuff that's out there in the world and kind of, you know, look at wrestling and, and get away from it and enjoy that for a little bit of time. Yeah, you got to give both companies uh, credit for it because it was definitely very easy. It would have been easy for them to just put the, everything on pause, just have to wait and deal with the fact that, number one, they can't go on the road as wrestling is traditionally done. And that's a big moneymaker for them. Put the money first and not the fans. And then number two, you got to give credit to the superstars of both. Because once again, I mean, I understand that some superstars, uh, they have different reasons for different reasons why they can't make it, whether it be travel, health, whatever the case may be, that the that and I'm going you know, I normally am very critical of WWE, particularly the creative teams. They've found ways to try and make things work and they've been continued to try to make things work and they've gotten better at it. I mean, from when the first show that we've seen with no fans and it's literally just, oh, wait, someone's running through the crowd. There is no crowd, but someone's running through it. They've gotten better with it. And, and that's to be understood because there's no contingency plan for this. You plan for rain. You plan, you know, in sports, you plan for weather delays and things of that nature. There was never really a plan in place for an event like this to take place in our lifetime or ever for that matter. And now they've found a way to work around things of that nature. And so far, so good and good for them trying to do it. And even as WWE gets ready for their next pay-per-view, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit later, um, that they're still trying to find ways to be creative. And even for AEW, trying their best to just make it look as normal as possible and find those unique situations that they've done a really good job for both companies that I got to give kudos to. Because like I said, they could have just laid out, been done with it, just waited their time, and they've still continued to do it. Colwell Broad Pitcher, are you happy that these companies continued uh, with what they were, what they could do during these times? Do you think they should have... Maybe stepped away for a little bit. Are you just broad picture at at this point? Are you happy with what you've seen? Well, it's taken some time to adjust to the fact that we've got nobody in the stands. I mean, let's be honest. Wrestling is an is a, is an entertainment form that is based off the ambiance of a live crowd that really makes the show, and it's different. It's taken some time to adjust. That said, thinking about it, when all the other sports are on hiatus, a lot of other entertainment forms have had to. Had, Go on hiatus. You've got TV shows that have had to halt production. The fact that we have something that is new, that's that we don't know. We're watching it for the first time. We don't know the outcome. I mean, that's huge for me. And I, I, kudos to them, WWE, AEW, even Impact Wrestling did their, their uh, rebellion show that's very similar. And they're trying to find ways to still bring an entertainment form to the audience that's craving it more probably more so now than they ever have before yes it's weird it's odd but 
you know, with the cinematic style matches that they did at WrestleMania and what we saw with the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa match on NXT uh, and what AEW has been able to do by incorporating wrestlers at ringside to at least have somebody, some noise at ringside. There's different things that both companies have tried to do to go outside the box. And when you think about it, I mean, you know, John mentioned being critical of WWE creative over the years. And I think this is one of those situations where your back's against the wall to the point that you have no choice but to come out with making, you know, chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? I mean, you're doing what you can best with the situation. <laughs> you're doing the best you can with the situation and you can't overthink it. And, and then always been the issue with WWE creative over the years is that one guy brings up a good idea, but then Vince overthinks it or somebody gets in his ear. I don't think that's going on right now because you don't have a choice but to create and come up with something. And I think we've seen the the results of that. Obviously, in the world of wrestling, uh, I mean, uh, this pandemic could have never come at a good time. Uh, But for the world of wrestling, it came at probably the worst time uh, when you talk about the fact that it basically altered what we know as WrestleMania uh, for the WWE, which is the Super Bowl, the, you know, the granddaddy of them all for the world of wrestling. Uh, it We still got a WrestleMania. Should they have postponed WrestleMania until they could have got it in front of a live audience? Uh, or do you feel like they should have done what they did, which was hold it in the Performance Center for the most part uh, with no fans? I I kind of am torn about that. I I don't know. I mean, all the activities around WrestleMania obviously were canceled, like Hall of Fame and the takeover that usually happens the night before. Uh, we we missed out on that. I hear, I hear and read that some of that's going to move to SummerSlam maybe as far as the Hall of Fames. But, uh, man, it couldn't have come out at a worse time. Do you think that WWE did what they should have done with it? I can't be critical of an entertainment company trying to provide entertainment at a time where I think the world needed it most. I, I, it's hard for me to be critical of that. Let's just be honest. I'm a little bit of a jerk if I were to do that. I can't be critical of them. Well, they, I mean, you're a little bit of a jerk. No, no one asked you. See? Be, See? Just be clear. No one asked you. But it, it, it's hard to be critical of them because I'll be the first to admit, the first thing I thought was, okay, how are you going to get these superstars to buy in on this concept of we have to interact. It's not like, you know, just a broad broad picture of it, golf could be returning soon. Golf is a sport where ultimately it's one person standing, social distancing, standing a safe distance away from another person. Once you're in a collar and elbow tie-up, it's kind of weird. It's all rules, everything's off the table. And that was the first thing. And to see it happen and to hear from, other uh, WWE superstars and the behind the scenes portion of it, where they were talking about it just online and on the dirt sheets and things of that nature. It was just good to hear that and to see their level of comfort. And even I can't remember who, uh, who I heard say, but it was basically most of us room together on the road. Most of us are around each other so much. So we're all comfortable. We all know. And the WWE taking steps to do that. And even to AEW, AEW going as far as they could to just, Start it off, address it, and do everything that they could, getting that extra creative, putting fans around it, bringing back pyro, just entertainment companies that have found a way to make it work, hopefully keeping all of their staff, all of their personnel healthy. 
I can't be critical of them. So I'm glad that they actually did do it. Are they missing out on possible revenue? Yes, no oh, doubt they, about they it. They missed out on a ton. No, although they did get insurance uh, from the event being canceled, at least in the Which, you know with the fans. But I'm sure that does not make up completely for, for what the they merchandise that they would have sold even the at city the of events. in the city of Tampa as well. Cole, before we get your thoughts on it, let me just get uh, and I want you to answer this too. Uh, but thumbs up for me for WrestleMania for what it was. It's not going to rank as the best WrestleMania oh, not. or maybe not even in the top five or ten, but for what they could do, uh, for what they had with the cards they were dealt, I thought they did a good job, and I'm giving the WrestleMania a thumbs up. Uh, how about you as a whole, John? Easily giving it a thumbs up, and one of the things that we'll always remember with this WrestleMania, it will have a caveat for a completely different reason because there were no fans there. Yeah, Colwell, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. And what were your thoughts? I mean, should they have continued with what they did? Well, I definitely give it a thumbs up because I'll say this. I, I struggled with watching Raw and watching SmackDown initially right after all this started where they were going to the Performance Center with no fans. It was hard to – I'll admit, as a wrestling fan, I, I, I love the ambiance of a live crowd. And it really kind of hurt the viewing you know, process for me. It just, it wasn't the same. And I was having a hard time getting into it, but I will say this, even though I knew going in that WrestleMania was not going to have any fans, I still got psyched up. I still become the, you know, kid again that gets fired up for WrestleMania every year. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not going to deny it. So I will say this, definitely a thumbs up and I'm fine with them going for it. In fact, they were smart. They got to test out a new idea, the two night WrestleMania deal, which let's be honest, the last few years have been a little tough to get through with five to six hours worth of programming. If you count the pre-show, it's ridiculous. By splitting it up over two nights, you make it to where, much like what uh, New Japan did with Wrestle Kingdom this year, for those who saw that, it made it less monotonous. And especially in this situation, when you've got no fans, every match is going to feel the same for the most part because there is no crowd reaction. So. That was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up, the two nights. I loved it. Uh, My daughter got to watch maybe a little more than she would have normally got to watch with me uh, besides going back and watching it on the the network and replay mode. Uh, But I I really enjoyed the two nights. Uh, That's something that we had talked about before on this show, uh, before we went on hiatus, Uh, and I hope it continues. I don't think it will. I don't think at least under Vince's control it will go to two nights. What do you guys think? I think once they have a true metrics for it, because one of the things they're going to have to think about is, and and as time goes on, that they're going to look, and WWE essentially is going to end up with so many matches that they can start to create. I think that's when they're going to look at the metrics of it of, now wait a minute, if we did this in two nights, they're going to have to make sure they do their absolute best to make sure, A, night one doesn't feel like a pre-show, and night two feels like the main event. And I think they did an okay job with that. Now, we've, we've all, I think, had our uh, spoken about what night was our favorite. But I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to make sure that they don't do is make it where the first night turns out to where it feels like a pre-show match. And it's just, let's put the U.S. title here. Let's put the Cruiserweight title here. Space them out individually and make sure you put together creative stories. And then if you want longer matches, now you can create longer matches and you can create longer stories. Well, my thing with it would be, you know, if you want to split it up and make it even as much as possible, make it a, you know, Raw gets Saturday night and SmackDown gets Sunday night or rotate it some way, shape, or form. They try to do a good job of being, you put the two world title matches on opposite nights. And at least, I mean, obviously more people were excited, I think, for Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre than they were Braun Strowman and Goldberg, but still, 
they tried to do a little bit there. I agree. Sunday night was better. My thing I see being the issue, I'm all for it. If it wasn't for the fact that they want to do these big stadium shows, but can you see realistically 70,000 people filling out a stadium two nights in a row? I don't see that happening. I, I do. If you I were mean- doing an arena Two nights you could do it, but I don't know if you can get seventy thousand two nights in a row. I do because I would go both nights, and I I truly believe that people a, a vast majority of the people who go to WrestleMania already make it a weekend for themselves. Because look at, it, I mean, uh, Hall of Fame is like on Friday. You got NXT on uh, on Saturday. On Saturday, you've got WrestleMania on Sunday. Then Raw is always in that town the same night. Uh, Tuesday or uh, Monday before uh, SmackDown moved to Friday, that was in the same town. So there was a I went and when they came to Atlanta, I went to every single one of those events. And so did I. And, yeah, and if WrestleMania had been two nights, I'd have gone two nights to WrestleMania. And so, you're you're assuming that they would only do it in one city. You got to assume that WWE ooh. at some point would get creative to a point and say, you know what, let's do one in Las let's do one in Las Vegas. And one in New York, or one in Las Vegas, and one in L.A. We can put this in two markets. We can double our exposure. We can double what we put out there. You can get a little bit more creative with this and double the exposure, double what you have there. And even if you need to, ultimately, one of the things that they could come out of this being a positive for and look and looking uh, very shiny of, there are people who are out of work. By doing that, you create jobs. Now the sure. people, now you come out looking rosy on this because, wait, what have you done? You've helped the economy. You've put people in other places, and you can do exponentially more, and particularly when you're thinking in, at that point in time down the road, if AEW is nipping at your heels, you can do a little more. Well, that definitely could happen. And if you remember, I mean, it wouldn't be unheard of. WrestleMania two was held in three different cities, right. uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. L.A., and New York. So basically, what, each time zone there. Uh, let me ask you this, guys. Uh who do you think has handled it better, uh, AEW or WWE, when it comes to these no-show, uh, no-fan shows? I really think that AEW has looked better, at least when they're at Daly's Place. When they were in the sound studio and had the recorded matches for the last few weeks, it did kind of start to wear on me. But when they showed back up at Daly's Place last night, uh, what's today, Thursday? Yeah, that was last night. Last night, uh, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know what it was, the difference between maybe just the bigger venue of the Daly's Place versus maybe the Performance Center or the sound studio they used here in uh, Atlanta. I, I, but I really think AEW has done a better job with just, uh, from the get-go, just saying, we're going to continue uh, status quo. We've got storylines to present, and we're going to keep moving those storylines forward versus uh, at least when this started, WWE was even going back and showing replays of the Royal Rumble and the uh, Elimination Chamber leading up to uh, uh, WrestleMania. So, what do you? Who do you guys think has handled it better? I think AEW did a better job with it, and I said it very early on for WWE when you would see them at the Performance Center, just behind where the announcers started out, where they once were. Behind there, you could see into W uh, the Performance Center's weight room. Well, there were people moving around and working out back there. And I think I said earlier on, why not bring them out there? They're already there. They're already in the building. You can put them as the crowd. And AEW, maybe they listen. If they've downloaded the Atlanta Sports X app, good for them. Uh, if they're listening, 
They took wrestlers, they put them around the ring, they let them get inter- interactive with it. So it does make it and add a little nuance to it that I think has been very creative with it. And then just to do all they can with adding the pyro back in, with adding more of it into it, I think they did as much as they can to stay as close to what they were originally working with as possible. And then just going around the arena, adding all those little extra things, I think they have done did a lot better than that as WWE <laughs> progressed to get better with it. No, I completely agree with you on that, John. Uh, for me, AEW has the most to lose in this situation. They just launched last year, so they have no choice but to still put out the absolute best product that they can because they can't afford to lose viewership. And we saw kind of the numbers start to dwindle in the last few weeks with both NXT and AEW on Wednesday nights, and we've seen it kind of across the board with wrestling. But you know, they're the new the new kid in town, and if if this you know this whole situation could very well do them in if they don't come out to play. So they're kind of having to really get outside that box and come up and get creative with different ways. And they did their best uh, to not lose the complete ambiance of the ringside area. Yeah. You, you've got the wrestlers at ringside. To me, that makes a huge difference. And I'm with, I'm with you, uh, Adam. I think that daily center makes a difference between that and the sound studio. Well, wherever it was that they were here in Georgia, I guess it was like uh, the training facility at QT Marshall, I think runs, but still, I mean, it, it didn't look big time, but then again, does the performance center either when you can see the big, uh, you know, uh, ceiling fans going in the background during WrestleMania? It's the same situation. They're all in. I think AEW presents a better scenario with what they're providing uh, just through the pyro and through uh, the the wrestlers at ringside. But I mean, I can't say that either company has done a bad job. Yeah, I would say that either of them have just uh, done, and you got to cut them a break, even if you do want to say that. Uh, given the the hand they're dealt during this time, just uh, kind of, but as you kind of alluded to, fans really have not been tuning in to Raw's. Uh, I mean, all four weekday shows have really taken a big dip in uh, ratings, where AEW is getting lows, uh, Raw is getting all time lows, uh, SmackDown is is not doing well. Uh, so I don't I don't know if people aren't are tuning in and saying no, I don't like it without fans. It's not the same and tuning out or. Or what? It, it will be interesting to see if there is a rebound once they are able to to tour again, and, or at least have fans in the studio, uh, you know, in the arenas. Uh, I think AEW uh, and something else you just alluded to really has the most to lose here. That that you've got to imagine. Uh, really, the only revenue stream or the main revenue stream for AEW is probably these live events. Uh, they're only doing dynamite. I guess they're getting TV money from TNT um, Turner. Uh, maybe they're getting some. They, well, they are getting some money from their, uh, you know, merchandise. But I can't imagine that's substantial enough to run a company off of. Uh, so you've got to, I guess, Tony Khan. He, he kind of talked about it in an interview he did recently. That that that's been a big hit from the, for them uh, in the pocketbook is is missing out on that live event money. Uh, and you wonder how long they can go. I know. I mean, I know Shad Khan is a billionaire. So can they go a long time? Yes. But how long do you bankroll something like that uh, well, without a revenue coming in with with kind of an unknown future as to when you will? I think at that point in time, that's where, you know, AEW, much like WWE, at some point in time, you're, they're going to have to get a little creative in terms of their advertising. I mean, look, we've seen the NBA do it. We've seen soccer do it for years where they put, you know, ads on the jerseys and things of that nature. And uh, I remember CM Punk making mention of, and he one of the reasons he was upset with WWE was he wanted to come out much like how Brock Lesnar does in the fighting trunks with you know Jimmy John's or the different restaurants on there. 
I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time that's something that AEW does is, hey, let's put some sort of backdrop. Let's put instead of AEW around the ring, let's put Papa John's Pizza or whoever we can. Well, remember in the 90s when Macho Man came to WCW, the Slim, Slim Jims, Jims were all on the ring post. And, uh, and I think it was like Halloween Havoc presented by Slim Jims. Exactly. Slim Jims at that was point all in over. Time, you even remember those moments where the you know tag matches at one point in time. Tag match, and this is brought to you by. They're just go, they're going to have to do extra in terms of getting their ad advertising out there until they can get back on the road. Now, also, you know, one of the things you know they're they're all they all have to be hoping for is those merchandising sales. You got to hope that they're pushing a little bit there, just because that that's one of their ways that they can keep themselves relevant and people seeing themselves. But I think one of the things that they're also falling into is I think everyone's discovering in a time these streaming services and these different streaming apps and everybody's just kind of at the thought of, you know what? I can really just stream it and I can wait a little bit for it. I can go find something else because some people have been at home for what a month and a half. Now they're finding other ways and other things to watch. All right. When we return, we're going to go over the top rope. We're going to talk about uh, some other stuff that isn't uh, related to wrestling as well. Uh, You're listening to the finishing move here on Atlanta sports X. This is Atlanta Sports X. Live from Cobb County and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Coward and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at 3, it's the man, Mark Zeno on A to Z. Zeno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on Bugged Hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounts of the South and the Finishing Move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta's Sports X. By now, you've probably heard me talking about the Painting Company of Atlanta and what a great experience me and my family had working with them. Well, I'm here to tell you they are also great community members as well. During these unprecedented times, the Painting Company of Atlanta is donating $10 to the Atlanta Community Food Bank for every estimate they do through April. On top of that, they are, of course, practicing all the recommended preventative measures to keep your family safe. So call my friends at the Painting Company at 1-800-PAINTING or go to AtlantaPaintingCompany.com to help give back and still make your house look great. The Painting Company of Atlanta, the painters you can trust. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on the X. Good evening, wrestling fans. The Finishing Move is back, and we are talking wrestling. We spent the first segment kind of looking back at everything that's been going on since we've been on hiatus uh, to put it in a nice way, I guess. Uh, so we're going to now look ahead and look at what's going on now. I am Road Dog Adam Gillespie. The guy behind the glass who y'all can't see is uh, John Radcliffe. And the but other they third. they can see you? Well, uh, yeah, I'm waving my hand in the air. Pretty violent. Like you just don't care? <laughs> hey. And the other voice is Chris Colwell. Hello. You can follow me on social media, Twitter mostly, at uh, Road Dog 680. 
Uh, John is at John Rad 450. And Chris, where are you? I am at Bearded Colwell. Even through all of this, our hiatus and all the COVID-19 stuff, my Twitter handle has yet to change despite what Big John thought was going to happen. Give it time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Give them time. When's it going to turn to uh, Bearded Papa? See? Um, Maybe about 40 years down the road when I'm a grandfather. Papa could be a father, too. I'm not being called Papa. Well, I'm calling you Papa. Papa uh, was my grandfather. All right, Papa. Um, this <laughs> okay. was my favorite uh, part of the show, and we're going to do it right now. Let's go over the top row. We're supposed to have music. Well, here, right? that'd be on you. Like, you got a show sheet. Na, 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 music right here, right? Wait, wait. What? What music was that? <laughs> no clue. Well, who's who's wrestling well, music was play that? Batista song during this one. No, that's, that's how we end the show. It. We go here. Oh, the uh, Ultimate Warrior. Oh, hang on, guys. Let me run around the apartment real quick. Shake some ropes if you got them. He All has right. ropes just lying around in his apartment. That'd be hysterical. I, that would well, be I mean, awesome. Uh, maybe. You never know. All right. I lied. I said we weren't going to really look uh, back anymore, but we are real quick. What kind uh, of tease is this? After, the, after <laughs> WrestleMania, there were some uh, releases. A lot of people actually got cut. And this was to help WWE kind of meet their budget uh, that they say they are trying to meet. During these times, with the loss of revenue of live events that we just talked about, uh, and there was quite a length, a lengthy. Did I get that one right? You were an English a, major. There was quite a long obviously. list. Get the man at the source. A long list of names that got cut. We don't have time to go through them all, and I hate for anyone to lose their job. So I'm not trying to make light of it. Um, this kind of caught a lot of people off guard that these cuts were made after WrestleMania. But WWE makes cuts every year after WrestleMania. Now, not to this extent, uh, but it happens every year after WrestleMania where they're just trying to uh, reset their budget or that's kind of like the year in McMahon's head. And he says, all right, we're moving on to the next year as far as storylines. And these kind of people aren't really involved in these in what I envision for the next year. And some of them have even already been brought back, uh, at least one of them. And another one was rumored to be brought back. Uh, at least for a one-time event. That's, uh, just a couple of the, the bigger names of the list. Uh, Rusev, Gallows, and Anderson, The Revival. I think those are really the big three or five uh, that were that were let go. Uh, some of the other names, though, Heath Slater, EC3, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hart- Hawkins was just let go not too long ago, not in this initial wave. A lot of backstage people were also let go. Kurt Angle was let go. Uh, the producers, uh, Jerry Briscoe, has been furloughed. I didn't even know he was still with the company, honestly. Uh, but he was he did scouting. Uh, of the names that were let go, guys, who would you like to see? Give me one where you would like to see them go somewhere else. Uh, my there, first... There's one obvious one, in my opinion. Well, who's your obvious one? I mean, isn't it obvious that the Revival, who have been uh, whining and complaining about how WWE has been treating them for the last oh, uh, that's year? That's harsh. Well, I, I mean, they have. They've been wanting out of their contracts for the last year. Now they're out of them. What's wrong uh, with just requesting your release? There's nothing wrong with it, but it seems like every time and they would do it, and then they would be quiet, and then it would happen again. Well, and, I mean, in the same extent, you can't say they were whining because uh, Dolph Ziggler's been requesting for his t- for his for reports for about two years now. Well, he was out of one, and then he signed re-signed with the company. Well, yeah, I mean, you come throw <laughs> so, a couple uh, of million at someone and. And okay, he's gonna <laughs> but, stick. But doesn't it seem it, it, 
you know, doesn't doesn't AEW and the revival seem like a fit? It does, but here's the thing that you got to go with it. AEW has a budget as well. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, keeping in mind, I mean, they, they bought on the uh, wrestler formerly known as uh, Luke Harper, that now he's a Brody part. Lee. He's now Brody Lee. The exalted they, one. They're, there's still a budget there because that was the initial and thought Hardy. was, oh, well, Rusev's going in, and Gallo and Anderson and the Revival, and everybody's just going to jump ship. There's still a budget that still has to be maintained there to pay these guys. So, But for me, the first one at the top of the list, because I felt like he had started getting a little bit of a push. Like, you're right. I expect to see the revival somewhere. But I also want to see Rusev land somewhere. I think Rusev, the way he started his career in WWE with Lana taking on John Cena, he just had something going. It uh, Injury put him back a little bit. And then he came out with Rusev Day, and it just got him very popular. And I think some of the uh, outside of the ring antics with him, him and as Lana proposed on social media, ultimately killing a story that WWE had out there. I think that they never recovered from that. I think uh, Vince was ultimately still very upset about that. And I think it's just something that just carried on. So for me, it would definitely be uh, Rusev would be somebody I'd like to see land somewhere. Chris? Well, you look at this list and you normally you would go, oh, man, these guys that have been held down or just haven't been doing anything that we know has the talent, like a revival, like a Gallows and Anderson. Oh, they're going to get, you know, they get they get a big opportunity somewhere else. But this couldn't be the worst time. There could be no worse time than what's going on right now out here in the world for these guys to try to get on somewhere else. I mean, you went from having... Having all these different opportunities out there with TV, you had these other uh, super indies, I guess. You had ROH, you had MLW, NWA's for a new project. Then you had AEW as well. You had Impact, but you're looking at just two really main products that are that are still running, and one of them just cut you. The other one, like you said, John, they have to pay their bills too. It's not like they're going to have a lot of extra money to sit here and throw at a Rusev or a Revival or a, a, a Gallows and Anderson. To me. I think, yes, Revival 2 AEW seems like a perfect fit in the dream matches you could get with the Young Bucks or the Lucha Brothers or whoever. And, and even to me, I almost feel like they'd be a good fit for a short run at NWA, too, NWA, just based yeah, on that old, so good, old, school. old school product. Yeah. But, I, you know, if they're going to have to be, I think AEW would have to get really choosy with who they're going to pick if they're going to get any of these guys at all because you can't just go throw the money out there. This isn't. You know, the 90s with ATM, you got a really rough situation economically out there where these companies are just doing the best they can to stay afloat with the guys. There's a reason why Rusev and Gallus and Anderson, the revival, all got cut because WWE couldn't afford to pay for them. Trust me, if they could, they wouldn't be on the, you know, they wouldn't be out there as free agents now. Yeah, I, I understand the fact that AEW has a budget. And I do understand that that will probably delay any of these signings. It will probably be until we get to the other side of this. Uh, before you really see these names starting to get signed anywhere because of the fact that we just talked about in the last segment. AEW's got a budget uh, to meet, and they've lost probably their one of their main streams of income with no live shows at the moment. Uh, I, I think I hope Rusev signs somewhere. I think he could be a great he, – he, he's a great heel. He's a fun face. Uh, the revival just should be, if they could t- if they literally could team him up with a, a Jim Cornette or even an Arn Anderson who I know loves them, I think they would be a great uh, fit over there in AEW. And I hope to see them uh, get back on their all of them get back on their feet. And I think Gallows and Anderson have already basically said we're going back to Japan where we were yeah, had a great that's a good fit there. for him. Yeah, so they'll probably get back over over in Anderson. I saw someone on Twitter. I can't remember who. I'm not trying to steal your material. 
Uh, so by not crediting you, but saying someone saying pairing that EC3 with an MJF, uh, those two could be a, a great, you know, not a tag team, but you know, a stable, so to say. Those yeah. two could be two good running mates. Uh, now, can I also be a little bit critical of WWE? I felt like it was a little bit distasteful. He went by Maverick, Rockstar, Spud. Ultimately, you released him, and he was still in a taped event that had not aired yet. I felt like that was just kind of a little tacky to me because, and, and it was for a title, and he won the first match. <laughs> so it was kind of like, wait, wait, guys, you know, I understand things happen, whatever the case may be, but it, it was really just kind of a little bit distasteful that they did that. I think they should have let the matches air first, then release the names or released him and maybe even waited. Also, uh, rumor is, according, I believe it was Dave Meltzer who was reporting this, that WWE for those people who do want out of any current contracts, they are now allowed to basically get out of those contracts and walk. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have to sit out and not compete. I don't. But like we said, who's really hiring at the moment? Uh, so I know a lot of the people who kind of were, you know, whining and complaining, as I put it earlier, about their about their uh, storylines in WWE and not happy. Those kind of guys were kind of let go in this initial wave. I know Rusev was unhappy for a little bit. Uh, the Revival were the biggest ones, and even Gallo and uh, Anderson's. AEW, let's talk about them uh, losing money. Well, they're going to get a little slap on the hand uh, for an, for the event they put on in Maryland. The Maryland State Athletic Commission has fined them $10,000 for bleeding. I guess it was because it was blood uh, the hard way with uh, the, um, the match between John Moxley and uh, now, uh, Kenny Omega. They bled. Both of those guys bled, so they're finding them. I I didn't know that was a thing in Maryland. I look, we're all learning something new here because I think you got to keep in mind for most of us, like growing up, that's got a normal thing. The yeah, I mean, people if Ric Flair got, didn't bleed, it wasn't a good match. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, how often did we see? You know, if you were around the era of ECW, you saw somebody that was going to be bleeding for sure. So it, it's. Yeah. Something that I think we're all learning about that's very new, because the only time I can think of, and it wasn't due to a government official, it was uh, Batista being reprimanded, but that was by Vince. It wasn't by, you know, the state government, the county government coming in saying, uh, hello, uh, yeah, here's your ticket. You're reprimanded for this. Don't do it again. Yeah, I've never heard of that from the Maryland State Athletic Commission. That sounds like something you get where from like a, a Vegas uh, Athletic Commission or, or, or Nevada, I mean, a State Athletic Commission or something like that, where they're really strict. That's that's kind of outside the box. But then again, I mean, who knows? WWE comes to a town like that, and obviously they're not bleeding anymore. But back in the day when they allowed it during the Attitude Era, I'm sure there were probably an understanding with an athletic commission that went unspoken, if you know what I mean. And I don't know that maybe AEW doesn't have those relationships. This is kind of like out of left field. Well, they're paying $10,000 because of the blood that was spilled due to the barbed wire wrapped bats and barbed wire wrapped brooms as it was put in the complaint against AEW that caused the bleeding. Uh, and hey, as I said with home team in Hamilton this morning when I joined them to walk that aisle as I do every Thursday, Hey, if Maryland's going to find you to go up there and bleed during some of their matches, come to Georgia with your pay-per-views. I don't think we find you for bleeding, and we definitely will come and uh, attend your events. We might want to check into that before we go. Well, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Allegedly. Do we have there a state athletic commission? There you go. Allegedly, we, we don't find you. We'll find out when it really happens. 
one of our favorites on the show uh, has kind of gotten into a little bit of trouble as of late. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bevel, Vel, mm, Velveteen Dream, and I know John is. Colwell, you're a fan of uh, the Dream? Uh, I'm not a super fan, but I admire his ability to connect with the crowd. And I, I like guess. his, uh, yeah, I, I like his acknowledgement of the uh, bygone era in some events when he comes out. Uh, I, I enjoy that as a nostalgia. Uh, but uh, apparently, he sent a photo that he shouldn't have sent uh, via social media. Correct me if I'm wrong in any part of this, John. Uh, to someone who apparently is under eight. Yeah, evidently, uh, Velveteen, and there's been alleged proof that Velveteen has tried to uh, solicit from a minor, as I'll go with. Uh, And evidently, I'm intrigued to see how this goes. There have been no formal charges that have been brought up against Velveteen Dream as of yet, but it has come out multiple times on social media. And I'm intrigued to see what Velveteen Dream does with this. I mean, WWE does with this because... Velveteen Dream, whose real name is uh, Patrick Clark, it's something that, you know, this could be a serious crime. And we've seen guys like uh, Lynn Swan, who was once with the WWE in the cruiserweight division, he got into a domestic battle and was immediately released by WWE. Now, obviously, you know, we know drugs and alcohol, I won't say they're okay, but they're just suspendable offenses. But when something like this takes place, someone has to answer for it. Well, and I think it's pretty obvious that I, I really thought that Velveteen Dream was being, you know, basically groomed to be the NXT champion. And look what happened last night on the show. We did not get him winning the title. So I think that might have been, honestly, a repercussion of what's going on there. They're not going to put the title on somebody that may have some actual case against them in a situation like this. And you look at, like you mentioned, Rich Swan and his situation that got him uh, fired from the company, what it ultimately led to Enzo Amore being uh, fired from the company. They're not, WWE's not going to take any chances from a PR perspective. If there's any more truth to this or any more, if this goes any beyond where it's already at, I wouldn't be surprised if Velveteen Dream becomes one of these guys that gets released. I hope not. I like, I like uh, Dream. Now, he did respond to the, these accusations, I guess, uh, on Twitter. He said, be assured I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge, and I am working with a third party to look into this matter. Uh, so I don't know if someone got grabbed his phone or if he's saying he was hacked and it was sent out. Uh, someone got into his cloud. I know we've seen some inappropriate photos in the past be shared uh, like Paige. She had videos. And, I figured uh, you'd photos. go with that one. That doesn't surprise me. That the ro- that would be the road you would go down. Good job to see things haven't changed in all this time off. Uh, we've seen uh, Sunny uh, as of recently. She's even created her own OnlyFans account. What's your uh, password? <laughs> Username and password. Go. Go. Well, hey, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Oh, so you're not but saying we'll, you don't we'll have see. one. <laughs> I'm uh, not saying you don't have one. We'll see how it plays out. I hope he's not knowingly sending uh, photos to underage people. Uh, I hope. I hope, uh, But we'll see how it plays out and see how it affects or doesn't affect his future with the WWE. We do know WWE can be a very forgiving company at times. Uh, when you look at how many times maybe the Usos have been in trouble, I know that's more um, alcoholism or alcohol than maybe – what dream is being faced. Jerry Lawler was once accused and went to court uh, for statutory rape charges. He, his name, um, I believe he settled out of court. I'm going to look that up because I want to make sure 
something so serious I get correct. Um, but he obviously is back, was back with the company. So we'll see what happens for Dream uh, moving forward. There could be some more WWE TV coming to your TV sooner than later. Uh, how about you guys? Are you guys excited about more WWE? I am. I mean, look, if we can get more to go with it, and particularly when you have, when I have an eight-year-old who's excited about more WWE as we've enjoyed things on Netflix, uh, the big show show. Yeah, that did well. Uh, main event, main the event. movie that they have there. The more we can get, the more entertaining, the more uh, we're. I'm looking forward to things like that and sharing those moments with my son. Well, this is something I am uh, very excited about, and I would carve out time to watch. AEW and WWE announced a new series, uh, The Quest for Lost WWE Treasures, where Triple H and Stephanie Mann will host each episode and take viewers on the ultimate hunt to find some of WWE's most iconic and lost memorabilia. Memorab- mm. Memorabilia. There you go. And what will happen is, I guess, them with uh, three-syllable cur- words current, you, don't current superstars and past legends will get together and go hunt down some of this memorabilia and try to reclaim it for WWE. I think this could be very interesting, in my opinion. See, now, but here's the thing that I want to see. And going down this road, I want them to go knock on some of the door. Go to Ryback's house. Go to CM Punk's house. I want them to go down the roads that they might not necessarily want to go down. Don't just go to Mark Henry's house. Well, I think this is going to like private collectors and or people that have it and trying to buy it back from them. I don't know if they're going to. I, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, eventually. But I don't think they're going to CM Punk's house and like giving me something or ever. They're looking for old title belts and stuff yeah, like yeah, that I think that people have collected that. over the years. They're going to go to Conrad Thompson's house eventually. Yeah, eventually, probably, because <laughs> he's got a, a bunch of stuff at his house for sure. Uh, this is what they, 10,000 uh, 10, rarities, including Andre the Giant's custom boots, Miss McMahon's uh, cement-filled Corvette, the Undertaker's cassettes. They all have all that stuff like in their warehouse. I think you could make a show out of that. I don't know if you guys have Disney Plus, but they just recently released a thing called Prop Culture, yes. where they kind of show some of the props that have been used in like the Muppet movie and Mary Poppins and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I've been watching it with my daughter, and when they walk through that warehouse of just props that they've had from movies from over the year, I find it fascinating looking at some of the stuff that they have. Even if you go back to, um, you'll have to go on the uh, WWE Network for it, but it was when Bruno San Martino was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Triple H took you on a slight tour where he went and found, I think it was San Martino's belt, and he found it in WWE's warehouse and kind of, you know, mailed it to him to say, here, it's time to bury the hatchet, it's time for you to come home, and we need to take care of this. And I would love them just to do a tour of that place just to show all the different props, but I, I always wonder, why would you have a cement-filled Corvette at your house? <laughs> like, in, even if you have a warehouse, what's that? It's a cement-filled Corvette. It was Vince McMahon's. That's the thing of just keeping it's an everything. iconic moment in WWE yeah, history. It is, it's tied to st- uh, Stone Cold, so I mean, it's uh, that is a big moment. Give me Kurt Angle's milk truck. Do, do they still the have the tractor trailer that Hulk Hogan ran into the Rock's uh, ambulance? Do they still have that somewhere? <laughs> I don't know, but that's a show I would be looking forward to, and I would definitely carve out time for. Uh, is WWE mad at their golden child for skipping out on WrestleMania? And Seems I'm like about it. Roman Reigns. I mean, so he took uh, under circumstances. He, you know, he's immunocompromised. Did I get it right? 
not helping Yes, you did. Anymore. I'm Thank not you, helping Chris. Anymore. You're not helpful, John. I've helped you out with the first three or four uh, dozen. We all, we all are very aware of his uh, battle with leukemia that he won about a year ago this time. Uh, and he has come back, and he was supposed to be in the main event with uh, Goldberg at WrestleMania that we alluded to earlier. It didn't happen. It, Braun Strowman ended up stepping in. Um, and... This past Monday, when they were kind of talking about the Money in the Bank event, some of the big moments from the Money in the Bank cash-ins was one of them. Uh, they showed Seth Rollins cashing in his Money in the Bank uh, briefcase at WrestleMania a few years ago when Brock and Roman were wrestling, but they didn't show the Roman part of the match or any of it in the clips. Uh, they edited him out on purpose, you think? As kind of, Are they mad at him? From all reports that I've seen on the dirt sheets, I think they are. And I don't think they're very thrilled with... Uh, should they be? I don't think they should be. I don't think should- so either. But, you know, look, what's the old adage of the authority many years ago? Do what's best for business. And it's easy to forget yeah. that Roman Reigns, Joseph Inouye is his own business. But when they said do what's best for business, they meant the WWE. Apparently so. In tribute here, uh, this is what makes that edit so blatant. Who did Seth Rollins pin to win the title there? Roman Reigns. He wasn't Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so basically it makes it look even more awkward. Basically what they showed was uh, uh, Seth coming uh, out, going down, running down to the ring. They show a curb stomp that he does on uh, Brock and he handing over the uh, briefcase to the ref and then I holding the championship, right? Did I get all the moments that they showed? Yeah. Uh, so... Nothing involving with Roman, which you just mentioned was probably the biggest part. He pinned Roman to win that match. Uh, I, I don't think they're mad at him. I think they're just trying to keep Roman looking strong. He is still probably their golden child. And showing him getting pinned by Seth Rollins a couple years ago, and there, in somebody's opinion, maybe hurts the credibility of Roman Reigns. So they don't want to show him getting pinned by Seth Rollins. Is I don't it, think it's uh, that they're mad at him. Is it a case where maybe they're, by keeping him completely out of people's memory right now and, and out of their minds because he's literally not mentioned at all. He's not on any promotional material. Even though he's very much a part of the company, you don't mention him at all and hope that fans don't start to ask, well, where's Roman Reigns? In a situation where, yeah, they have told these guys, okay, if you're not comfortable being here, if you're immunocompromised, you stay home. It's your decision. If that is what you feel like you got to do, you do it. Maybe they, from an image standpoint, they don't want fans sitting home going, well, where's Roman Reigns? Why is Roman Reigns not tough enough to get out there? We all know that there's a reason why he's doing it, and he, he chose the right reason to be home. But there's going to be some fans out there that aren't going to get that. We also know that even if they are upset with him, WWE's very forgiving. I mean, it, the only person thus far that I've heard that they haven't forgiven that I think wanted to make a comeback was Alberto Del Rio, which most recently there was rumors that he wanted to make a return, and WWE squashed that immediately. So if it's just a scenario of, and you that's the last thing that you would want to come out is, because of Roman Reigns' illness, he didn't want to compromise his health, and you still wanted him there, and you're upset with him, and you want to squash him, That'd be absurd. It wouldn't be a good idea. But I do think their feelings are a little bit hurt. I mean, it was one of their marquee matches, matchups for WrestleMania. And it really... well, the decision was made kind of late in the game, too. It was right before WrestleMania when he pulled out. So they had one SmackDown to make the adjustment. Now, I, see, I find that timeline uh, odd because it seemed like we knew Roman wasn't going to be a part of WrestleMania for longer than a week. Uh, I, but the, they didn't announce it officially on uh, WWE programming uh, 
until the night before, which was on that SmackDown. But it seemed like Triple H had mentioned it on an ESPN interview about a week before. And he seemed like he was okay with I it. Don't, I, I don't think that Roman Reigns made that call Friday or Thursday night before WrestleMania, obviously, because we all knew about it. Uh, that timeline of that, I've heard that complaint before, and that timeline just doesn't add up from what we knew as a public as a, versus what they knew. Uh, now, I, it was a major kink because I think we all understood that Roman Reigns was going to win that championship uh, and move on in storyline as the champion, and now that's been a big alter. When we return, we're going to do a lot in a little bit of time. We're going to preview Money in the Bank, and we're going to take, uh, take me home. No, I'm a married man. How dare you? You're listening to The Finishing Move here on Atlanta Sports X. Home team and Hamilton. Weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. If it wasn't for the extra you tried to put on the, the, the last tune, yeah, the, the extra is what people remember and it makes it unique. Well, I haven't had, I've had no coaching. Yeah, I thought that was close. No. Well, just uh, just at the end. That's not what he's doing? No, sir. Oh, you're not scared, though. You're not scared. I mean, look, you know, you got to try. You got to try. You, you never learn unless you try. Do you have to try anything? <laughs> <laughs> this is the SportsX. Hey, guys. Hudson Mason here. And as a first-time homebuyer, I quickly realized how easy it is to lose control of your lawn. And that's why I turn to my friends at Grassroots. Grassroots will determine the best plan for your specific grass type and use that to eliminate your weed and insect problem. It's called the Weed-Free Guarantee. And with their convenient, affordable, monthly, easy-pay program, you'll never have any surprises or hidden fees. Check out the best service company ever at GrassrootsTurf.com or call 833-66-GRASS and save 50 50% off your first month. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move with the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe on the X. Go home! That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Welcome back to The Finishing Move. I am Road Dog Adam Gillespie. I'm with my tag team partners, John Radcliffe and Chris Colwell. We got Money in the Bank coming up this Sunday on WWE Network. Uh, it's going to be completely different than any Money in the Bank we've ever seen before. The two Money in the Bank matches are going to take place at the same time in Stanford, Connecticut, where all participants will start on the ground floor of the WWE Global Headquarters, have to work their way up 10 stories to the roof of the headquarters, uh, and then once they get to the roof, there will be a ring with the ladder and the briefcase above the ring, more traditional than what we're used to. Are you guys looking forward to this or not? I am. I'm looking forward to the change. I'm looking forward to, you know, look, once again, we talked about earlier, they're being creative, and I want to give them credit for being creative and trying something different. And you got to give them props for that. I mean, one of the things I know for sure about this whole thing is uh, between the three of us, none of us would be able to be in that match because climbing 10 stories, whether it be by stairs or by elevator, ain't none of us making it. No, not well, I haven't been able to hit the gym as much as I used to. How with often the, with COVID. would you go to the gym pre-COVID? Uh, <laughs> well, say a couple of times a week because they have a good smoothie bar. Now, you do realize, like, a week is seven days. A month is oh, 29 I, I plus days. I had those days. backwards. Colwell, are you looking forward to this match? 
Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. That's outside the box. I mean, I think it's also a way to you figure these guys are going to all and girls are all going to spread out kind of as they battle their way up to the top. I think it's a way to kind of limit the actual contact time with six superstars all in a ring together. Well, so it's going to be twelve. I, Basically. Well, not yet. They're not all going to be wrestling at one time. That's what, that's my point. It'll be two separate matches, a six and six. So it limits no. how much time that each of those individual matches will have six people in the ring at one time. I guess because you figure. Now, did I misunderstand gonna... something? I thought both matches were taking place at the same time. That's what I thought as well. I think okay, both, well, then both I matches. Yeah, the bell's going to ring, and both matches are going to. The women and the men are going to be battling at the same time uh, up the <laughs> ten floors. Okay, well, that's definitely outside the box, and I can't wait to see this. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think we learned at WrestleMania with the Boneyard match and even um, the Funhouse match, whether you liked it or not. Uh, I thought with the post, with the ability to to shoot something and then go back in and post produce it, uh, they they can do a good job, and that's what I believe they've done with this match. Uh, I'm, I I told John this. I wish every match was taking place on the roof of headquarters. I thought that kind of what we've seen from it, the aerial of it, looks kind of cool. So I don't want to poo-poo on the match before it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, do this is to both of you guys. Do you believe that someone's going to fly off the top of the building? Whether it be a stunt, <laughs> however it's done, do you think we're going to see? Because AJ Styles alluded to it. He teased it. I, I think, think we we're going to see it. I think we do. Colwo? Yeah, you know what? Why not? Why not? I mean, we it's cinematic. Nobody believes wrestling anyway. Yeah, I mean, no, it's and it's post-produced. I mean, they can go back. They can do that and with one of those big stunt stunt double inflatable things that the guys land on when they jump off uh, buildings in the movies. And, hey, we saw the giant get pushed off the, Sil- the Pontiac Silverdome by, oh, in his car by Hulk Hogan. And then he came back later <laughs> in the pay-per-view and they wrestled a match. So you can get thrown off of a, a roof and still even wrestle in the same pay-per-view. AJ Styles got thrown off a barn. So, I mean, what else could happen? Buried. Yeah, he got buried alive. <laughs> uh, I, besides the two Money in the Bank matches, is there any other match that really kind of catches your eye that you're looking forward to? Uh I do want to see how the um, Bailey Tamina match turns out because I know it looks like they're trying to make the build up to Bailey and Sasha splitting. So I'm intrigued to see where they go with that story. I don't think Tamina is going to win, but I think I'm intrigued to see what direction they go with that. I'm looking forward to the Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins match because you know they're going to put on a barn burner style match even without the fans in attendance. It's going to be a great match, great technical match. It's going to be entertaining and. I'm curious to see what kind of mind games that, that the Fiend kind of plays up against Braun Strowman. The, that was going to be that was going to be the match I was going to pick. Uh, I, I right now, anytime you put the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a match, I'm going to be interested to see what he's going to do. Uh, I did enjoy the Funhouse match at WrestleMania, I, so I am looking forward to see what he can do here uh, in this match. Although I did see this match kind of teased at Starcade when it took place here in Atlanta, it was a dark match and it was not that good inside of a cell uh, for that match. Um, how much time do we got, John? Oh, now you worry about the clock. <laughs> uh, we probably got about three minutes. All right, three minutes. Uh, the WWE Tag Team Division, I feel like this is something that we talk about all the time, uh, not just even as of late. I, I don't think they put a lot of, uh, of creative into their tag team division. I think Vince McMahon doesn't like it, quite honestly. Uh, I, I've heard that he doesn't like the fact that instead of paying two superstars to do a match, mm-hmm. you're now paying four, and if there's any potential buddy on the outside, you're 
essentially paying five or six for uh, per match. Uh, and it, and they just let go, as we were talking about in the releases, some of their bigger name tag teams, in my opinion. Although Gallows and Anderson wasn't really, I don't know. It seemed like they were so hot and cold in WWE. The Revival had so much potential. Uh, now they're gone. Uh, what do you guys think? Is WWE just let it, should they even have a tag team division? Even Burn now? it down. <laughs> I thought when the Hardy Boys came back, it, the Hardy Brothers, mm-hmm. whatever, that was going to be kind of the start to get it going again. And then that went away. I thought the New Day was going to, because you had essentially they were stables, but you had so many different factions. Um, the, you know, the, the OGs, the Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them. They had so many, so much potential in all the different factions that they had there that now you're starting to see it more and more. And then when you look at SmackDown, where the SmackDown tag team titles basically change hands in a singles match. Singles him. So it's definitely <laughs> left to the scenario of, okay, if you're not interested in this, I'm with you. And just get rid of it. I, I, you know, I feel bad for those superstars that are tag team workers, but it, it then you lose the quote-unquote tag team specialists that are there then just get rid of them and go singles all the way. Well, and I've said for years, I've argued that the problem is you've got two different tag team divisions and you just don't have the, the depth among the tag team division and the focus to make it work. Why not have one set of tag titles? But you know what? I said that in the past. I think I've finally lost confidence in WWE's ability to do anything right when it comes to the brand extension and the tag team division. To me, I'm with you, John. Burn it down. If, if you want to have a tag division, leave it in NXT. That's the only place they get it right. I agree. That's what I was about to say. And it is so weird that they could be so good in NXT, but then when they get brought up to WWE, it's just squandered the opportunities that they have with these tag and team And what's divisions. the difference? Triple well, H Triple runs H NXT. Yeah, Vince runs the big man. The other two brands, it shows the difference. And, you know, you hate to pick on Vince because – the man's been doing it for years. You got to believe he knows what he's doing, but open your mind a little bit more. I agree. Uh, well, I'm going to assume we're out of time now because my clock has clicked past 8 o'clock. Uh, and you must be out of content. And I am out of content. No, I can go on. Let's go on. I we mean, never we made got... picks for Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah well, speaking of the picks, I got all my picks right for WrestleMania, so I'm way ahead of both of you guys whoa, 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 whoa. in so the I'm picks department right because too. I got all mine whoa, right for whoa, WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> okay, yeah, that is the end of the show. We need to end the show. Now, now, now you're just going to lose. Let me ask you this real quick. If we got a minute, though. Real quick One answers minute. then. There was rumors about a week or so ago that WWE was for sale and that Vince McMahon seconds. was entertaining offers. I say no way. How about you? I say no way. I think he's working on something with ESPN to try and get the WWE to expand a little bit more. Colwell, 30 seconds. Yeah, there's no way. That isn't too much in the family ingrained in what the McMahon family has been there for generations. No way. Even with his give-a-crap attitude that he has right now that the XFL has died, look, I mean, there's no way seconds. it's going anywhere. Well, the million-dollar man That's all used to say, everybody's Everybody got a price. price. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. No way that he is uh, doing that. We'll be back next Thursday, I think. Talk to you then. That's the best outfit you have? Got nothing else?